Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the Amazon Alexa. For today's podcast, we're kindly joined by Andrew Crisati, who is the founder and CEO of podcast publisher Audi. Andrew, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. You're very welcome. I'm excited to join you. So one of the main reasons why Andrew is on the podcast today is they're currently on Crowdcube. They they set up with a target of 440,000, which you surpassed very quickly. So congratulations on that, Andrew. Uh, of course, there's still time on the Crowd cube campaign for investors to be involved so that's something that we're going to discuss a little bit later on in the podcast but before we do that Andrew would you be able to give us some background to yourself and also the company you're the founder of in in Aldi yes I'm happy to I'm uh, obviously British I've lived in three continents over the course of my professional life uh, including Southeast Asia and North America and obviously growing up in the UK um, I spent six years working for the Virgin Group in a very senior role, reporting directly to Richard Branson. Uh, one of the duties that I had was the creation of what is now Virgin Radio International, which is one of the world's largest networks of radio stations. Um, I had Asia Pacific oversight for Virgin uh, and then ran all media globally for the organization. In addition, I've held senior roles at National Geographic and at NBC Universal Studios, and I trained originally in the world of finance. Um, in my experience of working with audio was very much a, a big reason for wanting to start Audi, uh, and some of those experiences that I went through over the years gave me a good insight as to where the world of audio had come from and where it was likely to be headed in the future. Fantastic. Thank you. So let, let's get a little bit now into to Audi. And, and to, I think to start to do that, uh, this is one of the things that actually stood out to me when, when looking into Audi when preparing for the podcast is the strength of your management team. Uh, you have people that have been working at some of the world's leading media outlets. So would you be able to give us a bit of background into that, please? Yes, well, we're founded by four old friends. Uh, one was the um, original head of all content and analytics for Netflix globally. Uh, one was the general counsel and the chief solicitor for Warner Music Group, the world's second largest uh, music company. Uh, and one was the chief technology officer at Universal Music Group. Uh, we built out a team to supplement us. Uh, and the team is very similar in that almost everybody comes from a very senior role uh, at well-known media organizations, including Viacom, CBS, uh, Condé Nast, the magazine group. Uh, and then most recently, we announced the hiring of our own chief marketing officer uh, from Sky. Uh, and she was the uh, brand director for Sky Cinema, uh, Sky Store and Sky Sports. Um, and we've been able to attract these people really for, for several reasons. One is they shared the founders' views on uh, the future of audio and podcasting in particular. Uh, a lot of them had wanted to come and step away from the big corporate world 
and be part of something more intimate uh, and where they could build something from an early stage. Uh, and interestingly, because uh, unlike their prior positions uh, as uh, senior members of a team in an early company, they also get to be significant shareholders. And so they have obviously the, the um, satisfaction of going on the journey of, of being a stakeholder. Fantastic. Thank you. I mean, I mean one thing as well, uh, Andrew, I think maybe go into some detail here because it's been particularly interesting for the people uh, listening here, uh, looking at investing in early stage companies. Is that, that's actually something you've done yourself previously. Would you have to give us some details around that? Well, the Virgin Group is essentially an early stage company investor. If you think about what Virgin does, uh, it is perhaps a branded venture capital fund. It seeds the beginnings of new new ideas. It gets them to a certain point, And then and only then does it attract uh, other investors to come and, and share in the financing needs of the business going forward. So I was very privileged uh, to have the opportunity to learn directly from Sir Richard on how to uh, start companies, finance them, and, and get them to a certain point of success. I then went on uh, over the last 15 years to personally invest in early stage companies on a very regular basis as an angel investor. Uh, and in some cases, I've been board members and, and chairman of some of those companies. And my, I think my training at Virgin is really proven to be invaluable in that process. Fantastic. Thank you. So before we, we really drill down into Audi, Andrew, I, I think for, for listeners, of course, they're going to be listening to this on a podcast. Um, but would you be able to give us a little bit more in the way of, of detail about the market that you're looking at penetrating with Audi and how you see that moving over the next two to five years and indeed some of the growth figures that we've seen uh, in recent years? Yes, I'd be happy to. In some ways, podcasting is not a million miles away from, from the evolution of YouTube. Uh, it, is a, it comprises an extraordinarily large number of listeners. This year, it's estimated that there will be over 1 billion people who are regular listeners to a podcast uh, throughout the world. Um, if you combine that with the extraordinary explosion in the number of podcasts that are created, in the first half of this year alone, half a million podcasts were produced, uh, and it now brings the global total in English language of somewhere approaching 15 million podcasts that exist. So you have an extraordinarily large number of podcasts um, being listened to by an extraordinarily large group of, of individuals around the world. And most of that listening takes place on quite well-known places like Apple, Google, obviously Spotify is now a well-known destination, uh, and others perhaps less well-known like SoundCloud. These are destinations where the consumer can go to look for podcasts and then listen to them. And I'm sure that's similar with the podcasts that, that we're on right now, and I'm sure your, your listeners are listening in a number of different environments. That scale and that complexity is where the problem actually takes place because what actually happens is exactly like YouTube, you have a very large number of podcasts change, chasing many different people sitting in different uh, environments and where from a business perspective, you've got advertisers trying to figure out 
how do I buy advertising within this podcasting medium so that it is effective and I'm buying advertising from shows that have got meaningful audiences. So we realized this problem very early on, and that's what Audi is set up to do. As a publisher, we solve that problem of how shows find an audience, how they navigate through the technical complexities of getting their shows distributed, and how they actually make money out of the podcasts through advertisers and sponsorship relationships. Fantastic. Thank you, Andrew. So, I mean, that's uh, that's a fitting point because actually t- that takes us on uh, to the next section now of the podcast where I really want to go into Audi and, and what you're doing as, as a business, where you are in, in the market and how you've um, progressed. But, but I think uh, that last point that you made there about helping uh, monetize podcasts uh, is particularly interesting because that's obviously going to be core to your revenue model. So would you be able to give us a little bit more um, in the way of details about how you're fitting into the landscape that you've just uh, outlined for us there and what your revenue generation uh, model looks like going forward? Yes, I'm happy to. So we um, acquire podcasts uh, and we do so by looking very carefully for the right type of podcast um, to own. And we do that through a mixture of proprietary technology uh, and through data analytics in understanding what a show's potential exactly is and demographically how it fits in the marketplace. Um, We take care of all of the technical aspects of distributing the podcasts. So all of our podcasts are literally available anywhere, anytime, any device. So whether you are an Android user or an Apple uh, fan, or you listen uh, through SoundCloud or a a more niche bespoke player, um, our content is always available to anybody anywhere in the world. Um, Because of that, we therefore are able to be very sophisticated in how we market and promote these shows uh, so that we're able to deliver a growth in the size of the audience. And because of all of those steps that we take, we then go into our relationships with sponsors and advertisers. And in the case of sponsors, we talk to them directly, uh, commonly through their marketing teams, uh, and we pitch them on the shows that we're publishing, and we pitch them on all of the, the data around the size of the audiences and how we're investing in the growth of those audiences. In terms of how we sell advertising, we use technology to do that for the most part. And we rely on um, what's called ad server technology. In the UK, we have partnered with a a company called DAX, D-A-X, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Global Radio. Global Radio, you might know, is the country's largest owner of radio stations and of digital advertising, uh, both technically um, across digital as well as outdoor advertising. And on the DAX platform, advertisers are able to identify our podcasts, ensure that they meet their needs demographically, and then they buy advertising through the DAX platform. They automatically insert their advert into our podcasts, and our podcasts are therefore then distributed in the UK with that advertising embedded in it. 
Um, so we make money principally out of the sale of the sponsorship and the sale of the advertising. Perfect. Thank you. That, that, that was a great explanation there. And I'm sure investors will, will understand uh, the, the model there and how you're taking a more traditional media owner uh, business model and applying it to the fast growing world of, of podcasts. Now, indeed, Andrew, it is a industry that is quickly moving. There, there's uh, lots of people popping up offering different services. So who would you say is all these main competitors and what makes you stand out um, for advertisers looking uh, for um, podcast advertise on? Well, we, we stand out uh, really for a couple of reasons. The first is, uh, unlike companies like Spotify, which are in the mass volume business, we very, very carefully identify the content that we wish to publish. So our analytics uh, and our proprietary technology are very important parts of how we seek out the perfect content to publish. The second point of differentiation is for us, that creator or that producer, it really takes first priority. And we therefore put them in a position in a business relationship with us that is extremely different from the industry practice. The industry practice is that creators um, potentially get a one-time only fixed payment from the platform that is, is um, distributing their content. Uh, we take a very different approach so we pay a royalty to our uh, creators, which is already unusual, uh, but we pay a quite significant royalty. And in fact, uh, while this might sound odd to some listeners, we pay out more than we keep. So our uh, creators receive a 55% royalty uh, on the profits of the, um, of the podcast, which means that for the first time ever in the industry, they are actually aligned with the success that their podcast has. Perfect. Thank, thank you very much. So, Andrew, let's now move on to the crowdfunding campaign, which is on Crowdcube. As I said at the beginning, um, you had an initial target of 440000 which you're now in over funding for. So, of course, uh, investors are still able to get involved. But... Andrew, why have you gone down the route of, of crowdfunding? I understand you, you've had a, a prior capital raising uh, round. Um, and with such a strong management team, I'm sure there would be a number of, of VCs and, and alternative ways of raising finance that would be available to yourself. So why have you decided to go down the route of, of using a platform such as Crowdcube to conduct your next raise of funding? Well, you're right. There is an access to funding for us that is a little different from some other companies. The founders in the company, in this case, are still the largest investors of cash in Audi. We also have a significant investment from the UK government through their future fund scheme that was in operation last year. For us, the crowdfunding campaign uh, is very important because we want to build a large number of stakeholders uh, who are able to actually participate in the future business of Audi. So if uh, we have shareholders uh, through this campaign, each shareholder will be given the private use of our own private podcast player 
and they will get access to all of our content several days ahead of it being made available publicly. And that's not just, uh, it's not really a stunt for us. For us, that's a terribly important step because it means in those few days, uh, we can engage with our stakeholders and we can actually have a conversation with them about what we're doing. We can get their feedback. In, in many ways, it gives us um, a market research relationship that otherwise is quite complicated to organize. So it, this is really, in some respects, this is almost a marketing channel for Audi and for its podcasts in the future. So, Andrew, with the uh, the crowdfunding campaign, what's the, the the main goals for you in terms of the, the funds raised? What are you going to be spending that on? And what are the key milestones that you're hoping to achieve um, after you've conducted the, the CrowdCube campaign? We are an early stage company. Uh, 2021 is our first calendar year of sales. Um, so we are largely complete in the process of building our team. Uh, what now remains for us this year is to expand our operations internationally. So we're going to be opening three new markets outside the UK before the end of 2021. Uh, we also are investing in sales and marketing costs associated with our activities. And we will obviously continue to invest our balance sheet in the podcast that we publish. Um, our short-term goal, therefore, is to have uh, four countries of operations by the end of the year, a minimum of half a million pounds of sales, uh, a workforce of roughly 25 people, uh, and therefore positioning us very well for our 2022 plans. So what does expansion look like from here, Andrew? What, what markets are you... Uh, looking at going into? Are there going to be overseas markets or are there going to be different markets within uh, the podcast industry in terms of covering different topics? Um, how do you see the business progressing from that point of view? At the moment, our focus is on uh, essentially three lines of business. One is consumer publishing, by which we take these successful podcasts and we publish them so that you and your listeners can listen to them uh, as consumers. Uh, our second business line uh, is in what we call enterprise publishing, where we actually provide a solution to organizations and where we take care of their entire audio needs. So whether they need to talk to their employees or their customers or their shareholders or even their donors if they're a, a charity, uh, we can provide them with all the audio tools all audio content uh, and even bespoke white label players that they can distribute to their communities. Uh, that is a lucrative, generally long-term contract that we sign with each of those enterprises. And lastly, uh, we focus on what is called branded content. So we, um, we win production contracts to produce podcasts for consumer brands and in connection with that, I'm very pleased to share that uh, we have just announced our acquisition of Radio Wolfgang, uh, which is the UK's leading uh, production company of branded uh, uh, content for brands such as Soho House, 
Selfridges, Greenpeace, Primark and others. So those three lines of uh, business will extend internationally. And we have initially already targeted Australia as one market uh, where we have already made our initial steps. Uh, the other two markets were not yet ready to disclose which they are, but we have a short list that includes Germany, parts of Scandinavia, India, and the Spanish language markets. So, I mean, in in terms of uh, you know the, the acquisition that that you've made there, Andrew, I mean, is that is that a model that you see yourself? Uh, pursuing um, going forward in terms of um, expanding your business by bringing on you know, new acquisitions in terms of existing podcasts? Or is there a possibility that you, that you start to, to be a content creator at some points? We think that um, our acquisitions should continue. Uh, we do think that it's, it's a line of business within our strategy. Uh, we are very... Uh, disciplined in understanding what we want to buy, why we want to buy it, and whether or not it, it adequately fits our needs. Um, I will say that being in the content business, to use your phrase, is, is a complex statement. Um, we don't think of ourselves as being a creator of content. We see ourselves as being a publisher of content. So we, we think that having a broad array of relationships with highly respected sources of content um, for the time being serves our business goals best. Fantastic. So it's a little bit like Netflix um, in, in terms of you're bringing in the, uh, you know, the, the external uh, publications and, and media, but you're, you're not looking at doing that just yet. So that's quite an interesting fact, I think, for, for people to understand how, how the business works there, Andrew. Now, just to finish off, people that are looking at the company, um, possibly looking at the CrowdCube page and thinking um, a particularly interesting prospect for them, they'd always be keen to know what the future looks like and, and what the founders have in mind for the business going forward in as far as what a potential liquidity event could look like um, for them going forward in, in terms of, of, of an exit. Of course, things can change um, and, you know, it probably won't be for, for some years. But do, do you see other players within the market looking at you as a potential acquisition? Or is it something that you'd like to take to public markets at some point? The industry itself is highly acquisitive. There is a tremendous amount of mergers and acquisitions taking place. And that's predicted by the experts to continue for the foreseeable future. Uh, the larger organizations are very focused on consolidating audiences, consolidating geographies, uh, and consolidating content. So even though we're uh, barely a year old, we already have now approaching 600 episodes of podcast content represented by over 6 million downloads. Uh, and that obviously is going to continue to grow through our, our plans. Um, we're we're right now valued at five, just over five and a half million pounds uh, for the purposes of the CrowdCube crowdfunding campaign. We are forecasting 2024 revenue of just over 11 million pounds based on, on our three lines of businesses growing at a, a steady rate. Um, if we were to use industry multiples, which are common, 
that would mean that in uh, 2024, we would be theoretically be worth anywhere between 50 and 100 million pounds, um, depending on how your listeners choose to value us. Um, for us, that could obviously be a moment of exit and liquidity through a trade sale. But we think that the industry has got a, a, a critical mass to it and a very untapped growth rate that is really just starting to kick in. So we think the journey can take us considerably beyond that from a valuation perspective. The key will be when our board of directors decides is, is the right time to sell. Indeed, indeed. Thank you. Thank you very much, Andrew. So uh, just before we go, I just want to confirm. So there's 15 days left, Andrew, yes, on the on the CrowdCube campaign uh, currently. So that's well, that will take us up um, to probably just... Uh, before the end of September, is that correct? So the end of the end of August. Yes. So the the demand right now is quite high for um, for the offering. Um, we have. Uh, I would encourage people to come to crowdcube.com/audi, which is spelled A U D D Y. Uh, we are also um, announcing through Crowdcube that we're holding webinars to educate potential investors. So if your listeners are interested, uh, we, um, uh, we have webinars that are upcoming uh, and all the details of which can be found on, on the Crowdcube page for us. Indeed, there will also be a link in the notes to this podcast through to the Crowdcube page. Anyone listening that wants to check it out, please do follow that link in the notes uh, that you'll find. Andrew, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Jonathan, it's been an absolute pleasure. So that was Andrew Crisati, who was the founder and now CEO of podcast publisher Aldi. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.